Welcome to the Perspectivalist. Our agenda is to offer a perspective of the world that allows you to think more clearly as a Christian. We want the normativity of scriptures to be the starting point of all our labors. So thanks for joining the conversation. This is episode 7, and I am your host, Yuri Brito. My motto lately has been, don't let leftists take our vocabulary. Now, I know that's not a very charming motto, but that's where I stand, and I can motto no other. I'm honestly sick and tired of love thy neighbor being used like talking points for a socialist. What do you think about the economy? I don't know. Love thy neighbor. Who are you rooting for in the playoffs? Just love thy neighbor, man. Essentially, anything leftism touches, it loses meaning and macho-ness. Say what? Did you say macho-ness? Well, yes. Yes, I did. Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. That's the other thing we can't let leftists take from us men. Our love from one another. It's who we are. It's the center, the nucleus of our manhood. Our love for one another. Our brotherhood, our hugs, our firm handshakes, and there I even say our, our kisses. And I apologize. I don't want to go all Apostle Paul on you. But here's the, here's the dealio. The most masculine thing a man can do to strengthen the masculinity of his masculine nature, which incidentally is masculine from its first breath, is to love another masculine dude. And I want you to know that that last sentence is a testament to authentic masculinity and manhood in every conceivable biblical definition. But, you know, the fact that I've had to explain myself and even defend myself in the most masculine of terms means that we, of course, us men, we're lagging in our pursuit of virtuous manhood. And I suppose, I suppose, that there was a time when most men operated under a fundamental assumption about manhood. You know, the uh, the tobacco-spitting kind, but also the poetry-is-good kind as well. The confusion around the sexes is, shall we say, meticulously absurd in our day that we need to make sure we're acting out our inner Napoleon, you know, whether we're five foot or six foot three. And that's a real pity because I long... As a pastor, as a man, I long for a time when I can look a brother and say, I love you. And his response is something akin to, love you too, bro. And the two of us go on our merry way back to our wives and our nine children without blinking. That kind of reality is the kind of churchy reality I hope that we can embrace even in our own day. When love thy neighbor or love another man has been taken refuge and has been shackled and imprisoned by the lens of leftism and absurdism. I got to tell you, I am a board member of an institute of some of the godliest men I know. I'm not going to tell you the institute. Don't even think about it. It just, I will say that it rhymes with Schmopolis. And what's unique about this group is that most men have beards that attend this institute, which is, it's not an interest ID, but it does communicate our desire to sort of imprecate against God's enemies, just in a more of a, let's say, in a manly way. And there's something prophetic a beard communicates, isn't there? It's kind of like that time an oil dripped down from Aaron's beard, but I digress. You know, and during the passing of the peace, which is a little time we have, and it's if you look it up, it actually is very Pauline. There's a time of passing of the peace when we get together in our institute, and we get up and we kiss other men on the cheek. And I know that the Apostle Paul would have been proud. But what happens is that in our sanitized culture, in our revoicey culture a firm handshake will do but if you are going to do a handshake i want you to do the kind of handshake that leaves it just a, a tiny bruise in the inner hand bone you know what i'm saying whatever suits you but please do something when you greet a man don't greet him merely with words greet him with actions give him a big hug 
a firm handshake. Let him know that your manhood is being communicated that very moment by the strength of your hands, the firmness of your handshake. I have learned over the years that men who love other men, they're the best disciple makers because they're able to connect theology with their emotions. They hear well, but they also rebuke well. They speak the truth in love, but not in some obtuse fashion. Christian men should not be bound to the laws of culture, but they should be bound to the biblical law first and the Christian tradition second. We should not allow wokeness or revoiceness or whatever it might be to control how we act towards other men. You know, for a very long time, now this has been, uh, it feels like an eternity ago, but I was at the heart of my doctoral research. For about 12 months, all I did was I read the Apostle Paul, Augustine, Bonhoeffer, Eberhard, C.S. Lewis. I read my fair share of token and friendship and love. And the one thing they seem to all have in common is this sense that brotherly love historically really would make our modern relationships look pitiful and impoverished. One of the many lessons I learned as I poured myself into reading these scholars is that men respect other men whom they know love them in the biblical sense. And what we have done in our society, what men have done, is we have divorced love from friendship. And so our relationships are thin, they're, they're destitute. And you see this a lot in modern day writings. You see when, when they're dealing with biblical relationships. Like David and Jonathan, well, that's, you know, these are mere symbols of a bygone era now hijacked by pro-homosexual causes. Paul and Timothy's relationship is interpreted as purely professional. But the reality is that for those who find this conversation uncomfortable, the lesson is you have strayed from Mother Church so far that as a man, you have become content in your loneliness. You have become content in your intangible religiosity. But for those who find this entire conversation at least intriguing, I want you to ask your religious leader, who, side note, should be a man, ask your pastor when the next opportunity is to be around other men. And I want you to be there. If there is a men's study, be there. If there's a men's cigar gathering, be there. It's not your masculinity that is in danger when you absent yourself from other men from the presence of other men your masculinity is deeply connected to your humanity and when you forsake this masculine community when you forsake the fellowship of man you're missing the nucleus of what it means to be a man this is the perspectivalist and i'm your host yuri brito the lord be with you